Hallelujah. God is so good. And it was quiet as it could be. You know, there was nobody praising the Lord. Nobody And everybody in here, here ought to feel that a place in a place, place like that. that. I kind, kind of fell out of place. Cause when I come to church, I don't just come to take up space. I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. Hallelujah. I'm just warming up. Little strange old around and wait for me to change. I'm just warming up for that reach the other side. I'm just warming up. I'm just getting ready for what God's gonna do. Hallelujah. There's just something about the house of God. We're sitting in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, getting ready for heaven. Oh. A little strange old around and wait for me to change. I'm just warming up for when I reach the other side. Now when I reach those early gates and they swing open wide. I'm gonna leap for joy I reach the other side. That's what we got to look forward to. When we go through those pearly gates, we've reached heaven. Hallelujah. To see Jesus face to face. Here, well done, that good and faithful servant. Woo! Shut that up, Cosette. I'm just warming up. Just warming up. I'm just warming up. When I read in the sky. Hallelujah, hallelujah. If anybody can get excited about heaven, hallelujah. One day, one day we'll meet Jesus in the sky to be forever in heaven. I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. Eating in the sky. So if you think I'm a little strange, sit around and wait for me to change. I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. I'm just warming up. Till I reach the other side. Hallelujah. Can somebody praise the Lord right now? I love you, Jesus. I praise you. I worship you. I glorify you, dear God. Hallelujah. 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 Well, I've given you some time to warm up, so now we're going to get into praising God.
Hallelujah. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There's no word that can express his greatness except one. Jesus. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise. Every Praise to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. Every praise, every praise to our God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Every praise, every single word of worship. All together, all together, all together with one mind, one accord. Saying, I love you, Jesus. You're worthy of every praise that I could give. You're worthy of every worship. Every word of worship, you know what I call. Every praise, every praise. Can somebody praise the Lord? Can somebody praise the Lord? Has anybody had the devil lie to you this week? Are you willing to step out of your shell and say, Devil, you're a liar. God is still worthy of praise today. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. My God doesn't change. My God doesn't change. He is still worthy to receive praise. Every praise is to you, Jesus. Every praise to our God. Every word of worship in one accord. God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Do what you will in the house, dear God. Hallelujah. Begin to work upon hearts and souls. Mighty God, let your spirit flow. Hallelujah. You are my Savior. You have healed me. You have delivered me, Jesus. You are awesome. You are awesome. You are awesome. Hallelujah, hallelujah, you saved me. You brought me from that old life. You brought me from those spirits, from that addiction. You brought me from that old life. You are awesome. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Every single praise, every word of worship, you are worthy. You are worthy. Every praise, every praise. 
I love you, I love you, I love you, I love you, Jesus. Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God. Have you will, have your way. The revival sweep our city. The revival sweep our city. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, 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 yes. Can you give him every praise that you got? I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. There's just something about it. Something about praise. I wish, I wish that each and every one of you in here could see what you do to hell. When you just worship God, you should see those devils flee and tremble because there's a church and Seminole that says we are going to go against all the demons of hell that have plague our city. We're going against all the demons of hell that are causing murders to happen, drugs to be sold. We are raging war against the demons of hell and the gates of hell are shaking. The devils are trembling. Praise God. you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Jesus thank you Lord you're everything thank you Jesus thank you Jesus for another opportunity to praise and worship your name to be in the house of God yes thank you hallelujah all say I'm good or I'm bad I just want to say thank you Lord thank you Jesus thank you Jesus can you raise your hand and just sing it from your heart think of all the things he's done for you the miracles he's done in your life all the things he's given you think of how he set you free how he filled you with the Holy Ghost Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Lord. When I'm happy or sad, when I'm good or I'm bad, I just want to tell you, Jesus, want to say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And I'm when I'm good or I'm bad no matter what the circumstance is there's just one thing I want to say just one thing I want to tell you how great you are I want to thank you for what you've done for delivering me for helping me for blessing me for setting me free thank you Lord thank you Jesus 
Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm good or I'm bad, no matter what. Just want to say thank you, Lord. Jesus, thank you, Jesus. When I think of His goodness and what He's done for me, when I think of His goodness and how He set me free, it makes me want to shout. It makes me want to shout all night. There's nothing like the goodness of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. When I'm happy or sad, when I'm good or I'm bad, I just want to say, because you're great, because you're awesome, because you're still sitting on the throne. I just want to tell you, Jesus, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Clap your hands unto the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to give unto the Lord this morning. We're so thankful for all of his blessings and all of his goodness. Amen. God has been good to us. Let's just join in a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for our blessings, O oh God. Thank you, Lord, that you provided. Lord, we've got clothes on our back. We've had food to eat. We've had transportation, O oh God. Lord, you have been a good God, Lord. Thank you for all you're providing. Oh God, bless us that we have to give for your kingdom and for your work, O oh God. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray. March with us as we sing and give today. Thanks, thanks. I give you thanks for all you've done. I am so blessed. My soul has found rest. Oh, Lord, I give you thanks. Thanks, thanks. I give you thanks. For all you've done, I am so blessed, my soul has found rest, oh Lord, I give you thanks. Thank you, Jesus. Can somebody just thank him for just a second? Just tell him thank you for all that he's done for you. Thank you, Jesus, for your love and your mercy. Thank you, God, for helping me today, helping me this week, God, to make it day by day. Thank you, Jesus, for setting thank my you, feet Jesus. on the rock to stay. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Amen. We want to have special prayer this morning for Kim Powell going through a very traumatic experience in life right now. I don't know all the details, but I know that she needs the Lord to move in her life and to provide for her basic living needs and her spiritual needs. God's interested in them. Let's pray that 
Kim Powell is able to make it to the house of God tonight. Amen. Can we join together, Lord? You see this sister, oh God. You see all the tragedy in her life, God. You see all the heartache and the pain. God, give her comfort, oh God. Let her know that you're there with her, oh God. Move upon her, oh God. Bring her to the house of God tonight, dear God. In the name of Jesus, Lord, in Jesus' name, you're the miracle worker, oh God. You're working and you're moving, oh God. In the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen. Brother Jonathan Akers is coming this morning. What do we want him to do? Come, Brother Jonathan, preach the word this morning. Praise the Lord, everybody. Well, I can tell you this, I'm not going to be short this morning. So uh going to have to wait on that T-bone steak at home. I'm sorry. But I do have a word from the Lord this morning. And you may be seated. I'll read my opening text in just a moment. But before that, God has a sense of humor. And uh, God kind of put his sense of humor into my title this morning. I was sitting there and I was praying God. I, and he had given me my, my scripture. I'd been reading over it. And, and, and I'd been seeking after what God would want me to preach. And, and then he just gave me his title. And I couldn't help it. I laughed out loud. This morning, my title is Jesus Goggles. Jesus Goggles. And it's going to make sense in a little bit, but my title this morning is Jesus Goggles. Okay? So give me just a second. These are specialty glasses that are supposed to make things look brighter. So when you're driving or if it's dark outside, raining, weather conditions, this is supposed to make everything look brighter so that you can see better. Okay? These are specially formulated. The color on here is a light yellow, so everything has a yellow tint. But everything still looks pretty good in contrast. But there's something about it. When you take it off, you can notice an edible or a a, a tangible difference in what you're seeing. Everything all of a sudden seems darker. Okay, so if you guys will, I want you to pass it around. They will fit over glasses. You don't have to take your glasses off. But I want you to try those on. Just pass them around. I want you to try them on. I want you to just see the difference of how it is looking through them and then when you take them off. I just want you to see the difference. And while you're doing that, I want to say uh, a couple of things. First of all, I thank God for these saints of God. You guys are great. And there's something about it. God is establishing in this church the root system. We are considered a body, but this is something he's getting us prepared and ready for what God wants to do in the future. But it's sitting on your shoulders. You guys have to get a hold of it and and do it on your own. The pastor can't do it for you. The preacher can't do it for you. The pastor's wife can't do it for you. You've got to make up your mind on your own that you're going to do it. We're living in a generation so that if, 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 if it's good, we'll go for it. But if it's hard, we're not going to touch it. You know what, when, when, when we have a potluck or, or when we have a game night, it's packed. But when we have a prayer meeting, there's only two or three people that show up. When it's something that is easy or something that is enjoyable, you can believe they're going to be there. But when it's something that has to do with furthering the kingdom of God, and it may hurt, and it may be hard, you may have to cry some tears. But when it comes to doing something for God, they're not interested. Getting a hold of the church and the basis of everything in this church. If you want revival, if you want to see the kingdom of God expand, if you want to see God move in this church, get a hold of prayer. Get a hold of intercession. 
get a hold of saying, God, I'm going to make it to church early. I'm going to pray at home every day throughout the week. And I'm going to say, God, I'm going to get a hold of you. I'm going to pray for the church service. And we're going to have revival. Revival does not hinge on worship. Worship is an evidence of revival. Revival comes from prayer. Revival comes from intercession. Revival comes from the saints of God that fall on their knees and say, God, I'm going to break down some strongholds. I'm going to break some chains. I'm going to get a hold of it. There's a dimension above you. The spirit realm meets earth. When you see people struggling with addiction, when you see people struggling with demons and devils, it's because the spirit world is meeting the physical world. And the only way for you to battle in the spiritual world is for you to get a hold of God and begin to intercede for your brothers and sisters. You know what you're doing in intercession? You are destroying the walls that have been set up. You are walking around. The, you are walking around. Jericho you're walking around those walls and saying God I'm taking it down stone by stone I'm breaking those chains my brother has dealt with for years I'm breaking those chains that I hallelujah and hallelujah God is so good okay there's something about it though with our brothers and sisters, we have strife in the church, and it shouldn't be that way. We have brothers and sisters that say, I don't like one another's shoes. And then after church, you can hardly shake their hand without having a grimacing on, grimace on your face. I want to tell you a story, though. There were these two young men. They were twin brothers, okay? And there was, they were going to a Christian school. And at this Christian school, they were always fighting. And I'm not talking about verbal words. Any opportunity they had, if one said something to the other, they'd go over and start fist fighting. I mean, these guys really got with it. I mean, you'd have a bloody nose come out of the deal. Then they were out playing. Uh, well, what, what the, uh, well, what the, the gym teacher said was, uh, this is called kill ball. And so he, he aired up these rubber balls to the point that they were just about to explode. These things were hard as a rock. And so there was this, this uh, 200-pound guy that had been... Uh, they tried to they tried to recruit for I believe it was the Dodgers. They tried to recruit him to play for a professional uh, baseball team. Okay, so this guy was there and he was and he, he could throw hard. This guy could throw over a hundred mile an hour fastball. This guy could really throw hard. And so they were out there playing, and, and the brothers were on opposite teams. And uh, so they were they were playing, and, and they were just having a good old time hitting each other. You know, and they were throwing balls at whoever was in the way. So finally. This big, Andrew, I'm going to use you for a second. You're up. You're a big guy. He was standing in the line. was right here. And so this brother runs up. He sees his brother on the opposite side of the court. So he runs up to the line to, to see if uh, he can. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I got that backwards. And uh, so the brother was over there. And so he, he was like this dodging. And he came up to the line. So here was this big dude. And he got the ball. And I'm talking about as far as I am from here, this big guy grabs the ball and throws it as hard as he can at this kid's head. You can sit down. No lie. This kid flew probably about five feet across the room and landed on the ground. It was a hard hit. This guy was sitting there stunned. And those two brothers that had fought tooth and nail, knocking each other down, bloodying each other's nose, that guy came unglued when he saw his brother hit the ground. All of a sudden, he came and jumped on this big dude, pounding him and yelling at him, You don't touch my brother! You don't touch my brother! 
And the whole point of that is, is this is something that you should get a hold of. You may not agree with everything that person says, but devil, that's my brother. Devil, that's my sister. And I'm going to fight for them. I'm going to fight for them. I may not agree with them. They might get on my nerves. They may not wear my style, but I'm going to get on my knees and say, devil, you get away from them. They're my brother. They're my sister. Oh, Hallelujah. And I'm not even my text yet. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you'll stand me for the reading of the word and go to Romans chapter 13 and verse number 11. Romans chapter 13, verse number 11. Romans 13 and 11. Hallelujah. If you have it, say amen. Okay. And that, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than we believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk in honesty as in the day, not in rioting or drunkenness or in chambering or in wantonness, not in strife and envy. Verse number 14. But put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. If you will pray with me that God will anoint me this morning to preach the word of God that he has placed upon my heart. Mighty God, I call upon your name and your power, dear Jesus, that you would cover me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet to baptize me with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah, that I may speak the word of God with boldness and courage, that you would inspire every word that comes out of my mouth. Hallelujah, speak unto the hearts, open their ears to hear what the Spirit was saying to the church for the edifying of the body, for the building of the body of Christ. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. First of all, when you put on those glasses, everything changed. But I want to take just a moment to elaborate on what I'm talking about by change. And by Jesus' goggles, when you put on the eyes of Christ, all of a sudden, the things that are good to the world, and I said good, not okay, I said good to the world, are not good to God. The things that are considered conservative to the world is not conservative to God. And when you put on the Jesus goggles, all of a sudden the things that looked okay or looked like that when you're in the world, that's way too conservative for me. When you put it on and God says, that's not even conservative enough to hit my meter. Because I am holy, saith the Lord. Be you holy for I am holy, saith the Lord. And so when you put on the Jesus goggles, all of a sudden things begin to change. And you begin to see things that are brighter than what you saw before. The brightest light you could see in the world is the darkest of darkness you can see when you have Jesus goggles on. The the whole outline of my message this morning is that the blessings of this life 
and the riches or use the words you want, the valuables of this world will destroy you. Your gadgets, your gizmos, the things that are valuable to you, the things that you, that you spend tons and tons of money on to go and see or, or to do, these things destroy you. 14, the last part of the verse. And make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. People will go out of their way to get what they want. They will steal. They will kill. They'll do just about anything imaginable to get something that they want. People will sell their souls to the devil to get a little bit of fame. People will sell their souls, their souls to the devil to get the riches that they think will make them happy. But it says to put on the Lord Jesus Christ and not to make provision. That means that fit, if you go out and you want to get something, I guess the easiest way to figure out if this is something that is good in God's eyes is the first question. First of all, what would Jesus do? Would Jesus buy this? Would Jesus do this? Second of all, does this edify me in any way? Does this help me get closer to God in any way? If it doesn't, then it's not pleasing to God. And I'm not talking about quote unquote edifying you. Okay? I'm talking about truly does. You go listen to these preachers on television. They are not edifying you whatsoever. First of all, they're not preaching truth. Second of all, they're putting out the ideology of greasy grace. Anything goes. God is a God of grace. You can go out and murder your, mother, murder your grandmother and it's okay as long as you ask for repentance. We do not serve a God of greasy grace. We serve a God of change. When you, when you live for God, you change. It's a... It, it's an inward change of mind and outward change of direction. That means you've made up your mind. I'm not going to do it anymore. That means you don't even go that way anymore. Hallelujah. Luke 18 and 20. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, all of these have I kept from my youth up. Jesus is talking to a man here. And Jesus heard these things and said unto him, Yet thou lackest one thing, sell all that thou hast, and distribute it, distribute it unto the poor, and thou shalt have treasures in heaven, and come and follow me. And when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. And when Jesus saw that he was very sorrowful, he said, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? The United States of America has reached the pinnacle of its decline. We have so much that it has destroyed our country. Why is it that people, when you get on Instagram or whatever and you look at these missionaries and they're having such revival in these third world countries 18 people received the Holy Ghost yesterday in Brazil 
18 people. Why is it that are they having such a revival? Because the people need a God. In the United States, we have so much. Unless it is a dire situation, they have no need for God. They got a headache, they'll take medication. They got a stomach problem, they'll go to the doctor. If they, if they don't have any money, they'll ask the government for some. There is no need for a God any longer. So they say, well, what's the need? What's the point? For he was very rich and went away sorrowful. If something is so precious to you that you cannot get rid of it, then you're just like that rich man. And you're going to go away sorrowful and you're never going to live for God. If your television is too precious to you that you can't get it out of your home, then it's going to destroy you. There's nothing on the television that's going to edify you. Is it the only problem? No, we have problems all over the place. If you've got a computer that has internet access, you've got a devil. We'll just say this. You have a, a phone line straight to hell. Because on that computer, you can get a hold of any information. Any type of substance that you want can come from that computer straight from the pits of hell. If you want to figure out how to do witchcraft, you just YouTube it. If you want to figure out how to cast a spell on your neighbor, just YouTube it. Just put it into the Google search. You'll find it. The problem is, does it edify in any way? Now, I understand that for particular people, there's particular problems. And if you struggle with pornography and your job does not depend on your computer, get it out of your home. Otherwise, put safety, put safety filters on your computer. They aren't perfect, but they will help. And make sure that you are accountable to somebody. I know this isn't a shouting message, but this is something that is so vitally important that will destroy our church quicker than anything else. Get rid of your riches. Notice that everywhere in the word of God, he said, your job is not to be rich. Your job is not to have great amounts of money. When he told the apostles, don't even take an extra coat with you. Don't even put a, a script on your belt full of food. But trust in God, because if you get to a place where you're comfortable, if you get to a place where you're comfortable and you have need for nothing, then you have no reason to pray. You have your lazy boy recliner. You have your big gulp sitting next to you. You have a television, a remote. You have no reason to pray. Your health is fine. And if it's not, just go take some drugs. It'll make you feel better. Get rid of your riches. You say, well, that's sort of 
going along, but I, I, I still don't get it. Well, what's, what's the situation? Now, I do want to say this before I read on. God has blessed many men that have gotten valuables and that have lived holy and not put things in their home that have destroyed them. They've kept out the evil things. Do they have a nice home? Yes. Do they have, do they have a, 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 an in-ground pool in their backyard? Yes. But they're giving of their riches under God. They're living for God with all of their heart, and it's not a stumbling block to them. Why? Because they've, they've realized the necessity for prayer. They go to church early, and they get into the prayer room, and they come out with red-rimmed eyes praying for those that they love. Praying for the sinners in their city. Getting a hold of God. And it keeps them balanced. Second Kings 5 and verse number 15. And he returned to the man of God and all of his company and came and stood before him and said, Behold, now I know there is no God on all the earth but in Israel. Now therefore I pray thee, take a blessing of thy servant. And Elisha is talking here. But he said, As the Lord liveth before whom I stand, I will receive None. And he urged him to take it, but he refused. And he said unto him, Go in peace. And he departed from him a little way. But Gehazi, the servant of Elijah, the man of God, said, Behold, my master hath spared Naaman the Syrian in not receiving at his hand that which he brought. But as the Lord liveth, I will run after him and take somewhat of him. So Gehazi followed after Naaman. And when Naaman saw him running, after him, he lighted out or down from his chariot to meet him and said, is, is all well? And he said, all is well. My master has sent me saying, behold, even now there be come to me from Mount Ephraim two young men of the sons of the prophets. Give them, I pray thee, a talent of silver and two changes of garments. And Naaman said, be content. Take two talents and go. Take two talents. And he urged him and bound him two talents of silver and two bags with two changes of garments, and laid them upon his servants, and they bare them before him. And when he came to the tower, he took them from their hand and bestowed them in the house, and he let the men go. And they departed. Now, verse number 25. And I skipped back a little while, if you're a little off the beaten track. But he went, he went in and stood before his master, and Elijah said unto him, Whence comest thou, Gehazi? And he said, Thy servant went no whither. And he said unto him, Went not mine heart with thee, when the man turned again from his chariot to meet thee. Is it time to receive money, to receive garments, and olive, and olive yards, and vineyards, and sheep, and oxen, and manservants, and maidservants? Verse number 27. The leprosy therefore of Naaman shall cleave unto thee, and unto thy seed forever. And he went out from his presence, a leper, white as snow. You see, the only thing that happened to Gehazi was that he allowed himself to sit down for just a moment. To relax and make it comfortable. And when he sat down and he realized... With garments, I, I could do this. I could please myself in this way. 
With two silence of silver, I could buy myself a new donkey. I could find some girl in town that would like the silver in my new garments and we could go out to the restaurant. So as he began to ponder this and begin to get comfortable, all of a sudden his Jesus goggles kind of slipped down a little bit. And then when Amon came back and he said, hey, you want this? And I just said, no, I won't, I won't take it. Go. So Gehazi said, hey, this is my chance. All of a sudden he took off his Jesus goggles and said, I want what I want. For just a moment... For just a moment, I want to sit down and just enjoy myself in the pleasures of this world just for a moment. So he ran after him and said, my master has said. Two men have come down from the mountain and are in need of two garments apiece. One talent of silver apiece. And Naaman said, hey, take two talents of silver for each person. You see, he went after it, and and he's like, wow, I got even more than I thought. And so he comes back. The devil will make opportunity. He'll make it easy to get a hold of. Why do you think think television is so easy to get a hold of? Why do you think drugs are so easy to get a hold of? Why do you think these things are so easy to get a hold of? Because if he makes it easy and accessible, he knows that people will be more willing to grab it. So he takes it back, and he's like, okay, stop here, guys. Let Let me have it. Thank you. He can go back to Naaman and he goes into his house and, and he loads down his garments and, and he picks up his lockbox and sticks his four talents of silver in there and locks it up. And he's like, oh, I'm going to have a night on the town tonight. I better go back to Elijah. He's going to wonder where I'm, where I'm at. So he walks in and, and there's Elisha and he said, hey, I'm back. He's like, where did thou go? I said, oh, I've just been around here. He said, do not my heart go with you. And seeing when Naaman jumped off his chariot to greet you. All of a sudden, he had come way too far. Messed up way too much. He he allowed all these things into his home, and now they were way too precious to him to give up. He had gotten so used to to watching that certain show every Saturday morning. He, He had gotten so used to just picking up the cigarette whenever he was a little stressed. He had gotten so used to just going over there and grabbing a beer off the shelf and drowning in sorrows he gotten so used to hanging around those people with all of those bad habits and addictions and devils that cling on to them that it become too precious of a lifestyle for him to say just give it up and so Elisha said the leprosy that was with Naaman be upon you and your descendants forever you see Naaman he gave up all of his said, hey, I'll I'll give whatever. I'm going to take a little bit of this earth, a little bit of this earth back with me as a remembrance so I never forget how messed up I got when I began to get so focused on my riches. I'm going to take back this simple dirt and put it right there in the middle of my house so that when I walk by, I can remember all of the things that happened when I got so focused on my riches, on my blessings, that I forgot who has made me. I forgot who delivered me. I forgot who gave me the Holy Ghost in the first place.
verse number 12 of Romans 13. The night is far spent, and the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness. Let us put on the armor of light. So all of a sudden you're, you're, well, this may be okay. Okay? I need to go here, so just, just give me a second. I may be okay reading Louis Lamour. There's nothing wrong with Louis Lamour. He's a great author. Okay, I'm just, I'm just going here. I may be okay reading Louis and Lamour. I may be okay playing my video games. I may be okay putting these things into place and doing them. But what is it doing to me? People say, wait, this is way out here. What would happen if you decided, I'm going to put away my Lewis Lamar books. I'm going to put away my video games. And for an unknown amount of time, I'm just going to read my Bible, listen to apostolic preaching, apostolic music, and I want to see what happens in my life. I want to see how anointed I can be when I focus all of my energy upon God. Oh, that's too far-fetched. Put away my video games. That's... Does it edify you? Does it get you closer to God? All it does is when you're done, you're just that much more distracted. When you go to pray. Because when you've had all of these luxuries and all of these blessings in your life for so long and you begin to go and you begin to pray, all of a sudden your prayers that used to be 10 minutes long are now maybe three. Because you have so many distractions going through your head that you can't focus on God. All of those riches and all of those things around you, I just, ooh, look at that, I just bought that new video game. I'll just pray real quick. I'll just pray real quick. Thank you, Jesus. I love you. Thank you, God, for all you've done. Keep angels around me. Protect me. Help me, help me to God. In Jesus' name I pray. Good night. We get in so much of a hurry because of the distractions we have in our home. But when you kick out the distractions and you say, I'm going to put away my Lewis and Lamore book. I'm going to put away my video games. All of a sudden, from 10 minutes, 30 minutes have passed by. Really? 30 minutes? I've been here for 30 minutes? I've just got to pray a little bit more. I, and you begin to intercede and tears stream down your face as you think of the lost in your city. You begin to pray and you begin to cry as you begin to think of your lost family members that are out there that are, that are lost. You begin to, when you think of your brothers and sisters that are struggling and you think, hey, I can fight for them right now. This is a time I can be a warrior. I may have been a failure my entire life, but now I can take up arms and say, devil, you lost another one because I'm going to fight for them. Devil, you're not going to get my son. Devil, you're not going to get my daughter because I'm going to fight for them. You've tried to distract me with a television. You've tried to distract me with books and, and games. But I'm not going 
to be distracted any longer. But I'm going to focus on God. And I'm going to have wage warfare against the devil. Preacher, does that mean that we never have any moment of, of peace or, or relaxation? Or uh, I never have a moment of, uh, of, of where there's just no, no battle going on? No, that's not what I'm saying. God gives us our, our times that we're, we're in the city. God, God gives us those times of victory so we can recuperate. And I'm a guy, you know, I mean, I know that there's, there's certain things in that for certain people. But I'm going to use myself as an example. I mean, we, we've, we've, gone on, we've gone on vacation with the Hurleys, and that's, that's a time of relaxation. You come back, you're ready to fight. Albeit, we went, we went to a place where it's the world. Except in the church house, there's no place that is truly clean. Branson, Missouri is one of the cleanest places you can get on earth for a vacation, but it's still not clean. So a place you find is, yeah, I feel good, but you know, you take a couple of hours and go out on the lake and go fishing. Because you're close to God. You have a time to pray. Everything's quiet. Everything's still. No, nothing's moving. You just got your line in the water. You can sit back and, and just enjoy what God has done. Peace. Relaxation for just a moment. Say, God, I, I, I'm here. I'm ready to hear. I, I'm not going to go into any deep intercession here. Intercessions work. But God, I just want to take a second for just a little communication. God, I need a hug right now. I need you to just wrap your arms around me so that I can just feel your presence here on my boat fishing. Just take a second to get close to you. And when you get done with that moment, you come back, you're like, wow, I feel great. Now I'm ready to fight. Now I'm ready to intercede for my brothers and sisters. Now I'm ready. But we never get that moment because we're so focused on our distractions, on our riches. Our Jesus goggles are put on and are bright when we get into the house of God. But as we leave, they get dimmer and dimmer until finally they just fall off because we are so wrapped up in our entertainment, in our things, in our valuables. We spend so much time in entertainment venues that God isn't getting the time he used to get. And I'm almost done. I heard a message yesterday. And at the end of the message, he began to read a letter from Brother Ballestero talking about intercessory prayer. There's so, you know, there's something about it because we have no need for God anymore that an all-night prayer meeting is now a figment of imagination. Because we have no need anymore. People coming before prayer and finding themselves in a prayer room and coming out with red-rimmed eyes and, and a heart that wants to do everything they can to live for God. That's far-fetched. The letter talks about intercessory prayer. I'm sorry, but we don't need you anymore. You were good and we miss you. you were, there was a time that you were needed and you were very valuable, but today we don't need you anymore. Because we have our entertainment venues to help us to just get through. So when we come to the house of God, that's the time we come up here and, and 
you guys know I'm not knocking it. I love worship. And every time you come to the house of God, you should pray before church and worship service to get here. You should worship your heart out. But worship is the product of revival. It doesn't bring revival. Worship is building you up, edifying you, filling you up, getting you ready for your week so that you can so you can be a good warrior. It's a relaxing process. It's a it's a refreshing process. It's water flooding your soul, getting you ready, giving you the energy you need, the hydration you need to to live your life, so that you when you go and you go you're ready to go and pray, that Holy Ghost is there and you've already got it, and and you don't have to spend two hours trying to get a hold of God so that you can pray in the Holy Ghost, because the worship service is the, is the time. It's your aid station. But because when we get home. We sit down and grab the controller and play our video games or we pick up our book or put on our audio book or we don't find any time to pray anymore. And if we do pray, it's only a little bit for a little while. And it's, it's, it, and, and, then, and then when we get to the house of God, you know, we woke up late and we couldn't make it to prayer. So we just, we just rush in real fast. The church has just now started and we sit down in our pew. Forget faithfulness. Forget faithfulness. Uh, I, I can miss this. I can miss this service. Or I can miss this. This isn't really a scheduled service. This isn't really a, a service per se. So we just, we just don't make it. And, and so when we do, we, we show up late. And, and, and when, when music starts and when we get up here, when we begin to, we begin to praise and worship God, we may feel just a little tinge of God, but we can't, we can't, we can't break through. We, 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 can't, we can't get as excited as we could because that week all we did was just a few few minutes of prayer the bible says god is a jealous god and yet what do we do we directly slap him in the face by putting all of our time into entertainment venues into pleasing ourselves. the bible explicitly says it the love of the flesh we love ourselves so much overcoming the flesh is one of the hardest things you can do but we love our flesh so much we spend 90% of our time on us pleasing us then we spend about 10% of our time on God and most of that is at church if all is foretold you're supposed to spend 10% on yourself and 90% on God but we would be good if we could get 50% on us and 50% on God Get into the house of God and pray. And when you're at home and say, God, I may have some distractions around me, but I'm getting rid of them, God. And I need to pray. I need to pray. The concept of prayer is lost in our day and age. The concept of prayer is not saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus, over and over and over again until you feel the presence of God and are speaking in tongues. That is worship, which is important. When you begin your prayer meeting, and I'm going to explain it in the most detailed yet simple way that I can. When you start your prayer meeting, you should start with worship, creating an atmosphere in the room, saying, God, I love you. I'll praise you. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you have done for me. And then if the Holy Ghost comes, God bless. You've got some some Holy Ghost that will keep you going during your prayer meeting. But after you spend that initial time in your prayer meeting, praising and worshiping God, now it's time to get down to the brass tacks, so to speak. Now it's time to get down to the meat, into the battle that you have. So you get down right there, you know, wherever it is, your, your chair, or whatever you pray at, or you could walk. Walking's good. I'm, a, I'm from a walking family. My grandfather was a walker. My family's walkers. But you, you get to that place and you begin to pray. Mighty God, you see my brother Carl. 
touch him today. Be with him and help him. You see the college influence. You see the things he goes through at college. God, I, I, I put strength upon him. I put the armor of God all on him, dear God. Angels around to protect him, dear God. Hallelujah. I left the anointing of the Holy Ghost to flow over him to be a witness at school. And you begin to travail. And you begin to let tears come down your face as you pray with all of your might. And you begin to enter into intercession. What is intercession? Intercession is putting everything you have physically and spiritually into praying for a particular thing. Oftentimes you'll begin to speak in tongues and you'll intercede in the Holy Ghost. But the definition or the the, the whole concept of intercession is when the physical meets the spiritual. When you're praying and you begin to pray, that's good. That's good. And and you're having a spiritual experience. But the only way your warfare can truly have some great effect upon the spirit realm is if you make it to the spiritual realm. The dimension above. That's intercession. Because all of a sudden, all of your, you name it, you know, you're, you're, you're tight. And this is the best way I know how to explain it. Every particle of your muscle with all of your might You are praying. You are seeking. God, do a work in this situation. I have lost family members that need saved. And you begin to pray with all of your heart, all of your physical exertion. And you begin to praise and worship God. God, I love you. Please do a work in this situation. Hallelujah. You begin to speak in tongues. And and you begin to worship God. And then God begins to lay things upon your heart. His desires. I want this church to be established. But first, people have to set down roots and realize that if they don't live God with all of their heart, they're not going to be a benefit to the kingdom of God, and they're not going to make it. And so he lays it upon your heart. God, you see my brothers and sisters. Help them to establish roots into the ground, dear God. Help them to realize they've got to live with God with all of their heart. That they've got to come to church and pray. And they... Establishing a prayer life is so valuable and important. Does anybody else here want revival? Do you want to see a move of God like you could not possibly imagine? And we say, well, and and the third world countries, yeah, 18 people have seen the Holy Ghost. That's great, but that's a third world country. You know, that's that's like, that's like, you know, 18 receiving it. And and the third world country is like 100 receiving it in, in America. It's like 18 receiving it. You want to see 18 receive the Holy Ghost? You get to praying. Trust me. You'll see 18 receive the Holy Ghost in one service. We'll see this church grow rapidly than you could possibly imagine. We'll outgrow this building and have to get another one. We had 60, 61 on Easter. With a little bit of prayer, that could be a regular service. Hallelujah. Worship doesn't bring revival. It's the evidence of revival. But prayer, now that brings revival. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And let me tell you what else. When you begin to pray in intercessory prayer, and you begin to pray, and you begin to get closer to God, and the anointing of the Holy Ghost begins to come upon you, all of a sudden your faith is getting and growing. The person sitting there may not have enough faith to believe they can receive the Holy Ghost. They may not have enough faith to believe they can be healed. But you've been praying and you've been fasting and you've been interceding and your faith is high. So you say, brother, I'm going to give you all the faith that I've got and you're going to receive your healing. I'm going to give you all the faith that I've got. You will receive the Holy Ghost. So you lay your hands on them and you say, receive you the Holy Ghost in Jesus name. And they jump up and begin to speak in tongues. 
only happens through prayer. It only happens through fasting. It only happens through intercessory prayer. The only way it's going to happen is if this church gets a hold of the concept, I need to get a hold of God and I need to fight for my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. God is so good. Amen. I'm fixing to open these altars. And I want you to dedicate, I challenge you, to dedicate your life and say, God, I am going to put away my distractions. It's hard. You're going to mess up plenty of times. Trust me. You're going to mess up plenty of times. Don't give up the, just because you mess up once. It's like, I, I'm not going to watch the television for, for all day. I know it, 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 it's too precious to me. You should get it out of your home, period. But if you have it in your home and it's too precious, wean yourself off of it. I'm going to stay away from it. I'm not going to touch it. It's a lot easier if you get it out of your home. I'm just telling you now. It's like, I'm not going to watch it for all day. And then, and then you go and you pick it up by habit and click the button. It's like, no, I'm not going to do this. You turn it back off. Or if you had it on, it's like, and then all of a sudden you remember, turn it off. You don't say, well, oh, well, I already messed up. Turn it off. Try again. How do you develop conviction? One day at a time. Don't say I'm going to do this for a certain amount of time because that gets you in trouble. You know, I, I, I'm going to go without my Lewis and Lamore books for a month. No, don't do that. It gets you in trouble. Because all of a sudden you're saying, well, and when you messed up, it messes your time schedule up. I'll just forget it. I'm not going to do it anymore. I, I've already messed up my schedule. I didn't do it for a month, and I don't want to have to start all over again. So don't do a set time. Take it one day at a time. It's an, it's an unknown amount of time. I'm just going to do it until God, and God may never let it up on your heart. Just to, when you're doing it, he may never say, pick back up. You can pick back up that Lewis Lamar book and read it. He may never tell you. But if you've made up your mind and say, God, it's not so precious to me that I can't give it up. When you said that. Go with him one day at a time today. I am not going to read my Lewis Lamar book today. I'm not going to play any video games. Tomorrow, I'm not going to do it. The next day, I have no idea. But today, I'm not going to do it. That's how you create conviction. Amen. Doing it one day at a time. You can't just say, I, I'm never going to do this again, and then not think about it anymore. No. It's a process, and it has to be done day by day. Today, I'm not going to do it. And I may battle all day today, and I may not be able to overcome this conviction or overcome this addiction right away. But just saying, I'm not going to do it anymore and forgetting about it ain't going to help you any. Take it one day at a time. I'm developing conviction. Conviction is one of the strongest things in the world that God has placed in your heart. I will never do that. And it's developed one day at a time. I'm not going to do it today no matter what it takes. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know about the next day. But today, it's conviction. Today, I'm not going to do it. And by the grace of God, as time goes by, all of a sudden, you say, it's conviction, I'm not going to do it today. And you go through your day, and it was as easy as pie not to do it. You've overcome, you're delivered from your addiction. But it's going to be really, really hard. When you're starting out, it's going to be incredibly hard. You're going to try it, and, and you're going to mess up, and you're like, but if you have a set time limit, I already messed up too. No. Today is, I messed up once today. I'm not going to do it again today. I wake up in the morning. I'm not going to do it today no matter what it takes 
And you do all right that day. And so you wake up the next morning. I did it yesterday. I can do it today. I'm not. And you go after it. And you do it. And you get it done. Conviction is developed one day at a time. And the big, your big, your big problem probably would be that when you there and when, when, when you put words in God's mouth, God's not going to slap you upside the head and say, that's not what I said. When you want so bad to read that Lewis and Lamore book and you go and you pray, oh God, oh God, please let me read my Lewis and Lamore book today. If it means that much to you, go ahead. It's not going to slap you upside the head. You can put words in God's mouth because our God, he answers prayer. He's not going to force you. Make up your mind on on your own. I'm not going to do it. And then don't do it. Because if you get, if if it's so precious to you, and then all of a sudden you go, well, God said I couldn't do it, so I'm going to go and I'm going to pray. God, please, can I do it today? Go ahead. It's all yours. Do you love me enough to give it up? Do you want to be anointed enough to give it up? Do you want to see your city saved? Give it up. I want more time. I'm jealous. God is such, so a, such a jealous God. He, he created you. He just wants you to love him and live for him with all of your heart. He wants to hear you talk to him. He wants you to have warfare for your brothers and sisters. But you're so distracted by the valuables of your world, by the distractions, by the entertainment, by you name it, co-workers, that you can't give time to God. These altars are open. If you want to come and if you want to make a decision, God... I'll take it one day at a time, but I'm going to throw this stuff out and I'm going to live for you with all of my heart. It's up to you. It's all to you. So you say you've searched the whole world over Looking for answers you can't find Every quest has ended in frustration Now you're running out of time May I share with you what I've discovered All you're looking for is not far away You will find in Jesus every answer If you'll take the time to pray You don't have to climb the highest mountain You don't have to sail the farthest sea Jesus is as close as a prayer That you softly whisper on your knees You don't have to wait until tomorrow Please don't let this moment slip away Jesus is as close as a prayer If you'll only take the time to pray Oh, so many times you've fallen victim Flattered by a smile and easy charm Then humiliated by that's it, betrayal that's it, that's it. Caught in the embrace He hears, he'll help you with it, you're not alone Does it seem your He'll take you by the hand and he'll say I'll be with you the whole you way bring your heart to trust My Holy Ghost will be there to guide you, to help you, to edify you 
Nothing is too hard when I am with you. Nothing is impossible when I am with you. Does it seem your friends have all forsaken? And you feel abandoned in your shame. Jesus is as close as a friend. If you softly whisper his name, you need to know you have a friend in Jesus. He will never turn and walk away. Jesus is as close as a friend. Would you like to take the time to pray? That's it, that's it. Tell him, tell him, I'll do anything for you, Jesus. I'm in love with you and your word. I'm in love with you and your word. God, I love you, Jesus. Not my will, but you will be done. You softly whisper on your knees You don't have to wait until tomorrow Please don't let this moment slip away Jesus is as close as a prayer Would you like to take the time to Every time those doors are open, Jesus, I'll make it. Every time I can, I'm going to get into the house of God and I'm going to pray. I'll make it to a prayer meeting. I'll make my own prayer meeting, God, but I will do what you have me to do, God. I will pray. I will intercede for my brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. I will do your will and your way to the best of my ability. Nothing will stop me, God. Nothing will stop me one day at a time. Oh, Yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, yes, God, have your will, have your way, have your will, have your way. All power in heaven and earth is in your name, Jesus. All power in heaven and earth is in your name. Hallelujah. 